Welcome to the Backyard PA Football Podcast. Pennsylvania's backyard lives here. Don't bring that trouble with you. Big time players from big time games, and that's what we did, baby. Yes, sir. I found a way around you. Don't take me higher. Last time, the way I loved you, just wound up tired. I'm there when I need to carry you through it. Stay back and get on track, cause I can't have you ruined. I said, hold on, but don't hold me back. Hold on, but don't hold me back. Hold on, but don't hold me back. I said, hold on. WCYJFM's presentation of the PA Backyard Football Show. I'm Jeremiah Miller, and Nathan Grella and I will be co-hosting. We'll be with you here for the next two hours. Uh, the first hour, as last time, will be um, a recap of last pr- Friday's games. And then the second hour, we're going to preview and pick our games for this coming Friday. Nathan, how are you? I'm a little tired right now, but I'm also very excited because this past weekend we learned a lot about some of the teams that we're covering. Um, your Wash Highs, your your Bell Vernons. We learned some some teams that are definitely for real, and some teams that might not be for real, like um, Frazier, possibly. Um, wow. I feel like we learned that a couple weeks ago, but I think this week sealed the deal. Uh, for Tri County South, though, I mean. Big implications coming up this weekend. I'm sure we're going to be talking about that both at the top of the Tri-County South and at that fifth, fifth place spot, um, a big game there as well. So how are you doing today, Jeremiah? Yeah, I'm good. As you mentioned, I'm very tired. I help. I, I, I ran the uh, the Wainsbury University Sports Network production this Saturday. I know you were at that game as well. Um, so I'm pretty drained from that. Um, I thought I'd be well-rested because I did nothing yesterday other than sit on my couch and watch NFL football. But, um, like you mentioned, I am very excited for this weekend. We're finally uh, fully dove into, or fully diving into, rather, conference play. Um, and a lot of big conference matchups this week. As you mentioned, the Tri-County South, um, I think, is the biggest one. Obviously, our game of the week, we'll get to that momentarily. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm super excited now. We finally, like you said, we saw what some teams are, who we think they are. The old Dennis Green, rest in peace to the late Dennis Green, We are who we thought they were. Um, but, yeah, there's still a lot to be answered, but I think we're, we're getting a little um, – we'll, we know a lot more about teams. Um, one team that throws out comes out to my mind, you mentioned Frazier. This team on the other side that I think was – that was under my radar and I think I need to appreciate more, and I think I did that on Friday or Thursday night, uh, South Moreland yeah. playing a tough City League game against Perry Traditional Academy. Perry, of course, has Torres Fairby. Um, who's going to be able to go wherever he wants in the country here uh, when he um, commits to wherever he wants to play. Uh, that was a big win for Anthony Govern and company, company for uh, the Scotties. But 
Let's get right into it, Nathan. Let's recap these games. All right, let's kick it off with the game of the week here. The game you attended up at I-79 Stadium, Wash High, dominating Clareton, 43-19. to um, I wisely picked the over uh, on a 10-point spread. You did not. You got that one wrong, but... I, did I pick Clareton to cover? You picked Clareton to cover. Wow. Obviously, don't don't bet on high school football games. This is just for discussion purposes. Got to say that every podcast. Yes. Um, but this kind of sparked the question in my mind, is Wash High right, right back there where they were two years ago where, yeah, they had a kind of a rough season last year, rough season, you know, by Wash High standards. Uh, but does this win really tell you that Wash High is back and being the favorite of this conference, maybe even a possible two-A getting to Heinz Field contender here. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing that uh, people that just see the score don't know, I was there. Watch High's defense only gave up one touchdown on the day. Uh, two of the touch, two, two of the touchdowns, two of the three were kick return touchdowns. Um, so they need to work that out on the special teams. But yeah, but Watch High's defense dominated. It was their big two. Davon Fuse, Tayshawn Levy, um, just piling on. Carlos Harper had a great game as well, doing whatever they needed him to do. Um, and that line just dominated and powered down on Clareton's line. And Clareton's line was exhausted by the end of the first quarter. And Wash High just kept pounding away at him. But uh, yeah, Wash High, they're definitely back. They're one of the, they're the favorite in this conference, especially what I saw uh, McGuffey do against Stowe Rocks, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, yeah, they're the favorite of this conference, and they're, in my opinion right now, they're number three or four in 2A behind the two that I keep harping on, Stowe Rocks and Sarah Catholic. Um, and I think Ligonier Valley has something to yeah. say in 2A as well. Very good Rams team, but I'd say Wash High. I'd put Wash High at three right now over Ligonier Valley. I'd say they're in, in 2A there's probably like five or six solid teams. You throw in like a Laurel or a Neshanik in there too, and uh, those are they're all – possible championship contender so the playoffs in 2a are going to be exciting uh but back to wash high i mean do you think this win says more about where wash high is this year over a team like clarendon or do you think clarendon is this might just be a down year because we saw them lose by two points to steel valley last last week this is the worst clarendon team i've seen in my lifetime they're still a very solid team wash high is a very good opponent but just like it just didn't look like the same Clareton. One thing that stood out to me, Clareton had little to no height on their skill guys, which is just something you don't see. A um, lot of, lot of um, lanky guys. Um, still had speed, though. It showed on the two kick returns for touchdowns, but um, just not there. You don't see Clareton get overpowered a whole heck of a lot. Um, and you got to go back. When's the last time Clareton started 0-2? That's been a while. I don't know if I can – it doesn't come to the top of my head last time i seen him. Um, but this is one of the, this is the worst Clareton team I've definitely seen in my lifetime. And that's not a knock on these kids. They're still a very good team. That just tells you um, how great a program Clareton has been and how where this team is at right now. Do you think that Clareton would beat every other team in the century? Because if this is the is man. this is this team the toughest is this game going to be the toughest game for Wash High oh, now that man. you're entering the season because uh, you got Uniontown on your schedule that's the only non conference yeah. game left for Wash High can oh, we just see a, Wash High just sweep through the rest of the great, competition that was a great question um, I'd like to think McGuffey could beat Clareton but oh man 
Oh, wow. I don't, that I don't is a think, great. That was a good. I don't think Clarendon can. I don't, I don't think. Well, I don't think anybody else in the century could beat this Clarendon team. I don't either. Right That's a great question. <laughs> like, I don't really think of it. Like, the only team that comes to my mind would be McGuffey. Uh, but I still, I think I would have Clarendon winning that game. Um, and like I said, when I said this is the worst Clarendon team I've seen in my life, that's not a knock on these kids. That's just how great the – I mean, if you're a Western Pennsylvania football lover, you know how great this program has been, especially in the last 10 years and the last 20 years. But, yeah, this Clarendon team would become second in the Century Conference. Yeah, that, so – Yeah, that was, a great, that was a great question. Yeah, Wash High is not going to see a team tougher on the schedule in the regular season than they did on Friday night because Clarendon's going to get better. There's no doubt about it. That's just how Clarendon is. I mean, so it would take a colossal. Like, it would take. Lapse a, it of would talent. take. It would take lots of that um, mental breakdowns, and don't want this to happen. But it would have to take a couple big injuries to wash high for them not to win the century or turnovers, possibly. But yeah, that was the story yeah. last year. Not too bad this year so far, but yeah, it, it sure looks like wash high might be the class of the century once again maybe we'll see them crack the top 10 here in 2a on the pa football news rankings i have been pining for them in the pfn staff group um for to get them in there uh because i think like we said they're right there with the ligonier valleys of the sarah catholic another thing before we get off davon fuse his arm strength is i mean we said that going in thousand times better than it was last year i only had to see two throws he made and I mean, you could hear the ball whistle as it was going through the air. Like he's got some, got some heat back there. He's throwing now, um, and you know that was the big thing. I saw his first game of quarterback for Wash High last year. It's McGuffey throwing ducks all over the field. Um, this year, it's a little different story. Davon Fuse is that guy now at Wash High, along with Tayshawn Levy. All right, and let's jump into um, another big game this weekend. Uh, Penn Trafford visiting the beach in Belvernon, and Belvernon's defense shut down Cade Iacomelli, a Wisconsin running back commit. Uh, was this a result that you kind of saw coming from the Belvernon Leopards? Not at all. Um, you know, I st- Cade, Cade Iacomelli is one of those guys that I figured uh, you can't contain, you just hope to slow him down. Belvernon did both. They they just made Yakimelli um, non-existent out there, and really just uh, made uh, Penn Trafford go back to the drawing board and figure something out. Obviously, that didn't happen, um, and I think that what showed us because I do believe Penn Trafford is one of the favorites in five A this year, and five five A is always loaded. I think this just shows us that, especially after seeing Aliquippa lose and a close one to Central Valley, I think the two best teams in four A are. TJ and Bell Vernon, who we're going to see next weekend. And I think that third best team's the McKeesport Tigers. And that just shows you how good this Big 8 conference is this year. Yeah, we'll get into it later. But McKeesport with a big second half statement win against Armstrong. Uh, now back to Bell Vernon. I mean, does this, I mean, you basically just answered it, but does this win kind of change your opinion on Bell Vernon more like on a national landscape where in the PFN rankings, we saw them come in at fourth behind Bishop McDevitt and Jersey Shore? Uh, obviously, Penn Trafford was in the top 10 in the PFN rankings in the state in 5A. Uh, does Bell, is Bell Vernon right there? Like, if there were no district lines, would we see Bell Vernon and Thomas Jefferson from your standpoint right now? In the state championship? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, not even, no, they're the one and two in the state, and I think McKeesport's three or four, and I would be, I would, if you'd ask me, I'd put them at three. I just think those three are the best teams in the state, and they just all happen to be in the same <laughs> division. Um, 
Yeah, if there, like you mentioned, if there were no district lines, those two would be one and two in the state. Um, and right now, I agree with the TJ. TJ's done what they've had to do and win big games um, in dominating fashions as well. Um, so I, until Bell Vernon, it's been as years past, is until Bell Vernon proves that they can beat TJ, I still think it should be TJ one, Bell Vernon two. But Bell Vernon's looking really, 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 really. Ten times more really good. <laughs> like they just look really good. Devin Whitlock, I don't think I've seen him get touched at all this year. Like he's just, he he is an unreal athlete at the quarterback position. He's the real game changer. I know Quentin Martin's going to be the the uh, generational talent, but Devin Whitlock is what makes that team go. Like he's the X factor. And then that defense as a whole, that whole unit on defense is one of the best I've seen. Yeah, I mean their defense is that much better than they were last year. Uh, but on offense, the one the one thing I'd worry about and the thing that really hung them up in a loss against Aliquippa last year was that their offense is, in e- even though they're really good, they're very, very one-dimensional, where they were su- they're super reliant on Devin Whitlock. Uh, Quentin Martin did not have a great game against Penn Trafford, and I don't blame him. It's a sophomore going up against probably one of the best teams in 5A. Uh, their offensive line is legit. They're really good. But when you're going up against a TJ defensive line, are you? Is that passing game going to be there? And that's the one thing that I worry about when I look up when I look at that Belvern and TJ matchup, where you, you know TJ is going to be able to throw the ball and they're going to have weapons on the outside. And I, I don't think it's there yet for Belvern, and they haven't shown it, and they haven't needed to show it yet. Uh, but that's just something I worry about. So, what's your standpoint on that one? Um, just kind of looking ahead in two weeks when you're looking at that matchup. Yeah, you're right. Uh, if you'd asked me the passing game, I would say that um, Thomas Jefferson has the better passing game. Um, the weapons that come back, you know, McLean Flynn's the big one that comes to my mind who had who had the best game against Alequip in the championship last year. Um, yeah, you don't see a lot of throws from Bell Vernon. Um, when they do, they like to go to Cole Wayman, a tight end. And other than that, no one else really. When they I do mean, Tanner Stebert kind of they, on the outside, but like, but not much. That's what I'm saying. Not a lot. And you saw them in in that in the semifinal game against Aliquippa, kind of, you know, dig their own grave a little bit in the fourth quarter, where they just they couldn't do anything else but run the ball. Right. And it, it, that's that, that's a huge hurdle for me as far as taking that next step winning the Whippeal title, winning the state title. So we'll see if he has any tricks up his sleeve. But until they're able to throw the ball, that's always just going to be a big hurdle for me in my mind. Yeah, I don't disagree with you at all. I, 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 you know, time will tell. We'll see if they have to throw the ball. And I think they're going to have to eventually. All right, let's move on to some of the other games that happened here. And let's go back to Thursday night, the Southmoreland Scotties. We mentioned it earlier. But, uh, you know, Perry is a tough 2A team uh, this is a pretty big win for the Scotties, I think, especially non-conference play. Just getting that confidence, you get an extra day of rest, and now entering conference play, um, you got Mount Pleasant on the horizon, and that's going to be a big game for Southmoreland. But, uh, you know, just how big of a game is this for the Scotties now entering conference play, and does this affect where you kind of see them maybe cracking, you know, the Whippeal, maybe winning? We'll see how they perform against Elizabeth Ford, but having that chance to win the interstate. Yeah, they definitely have a chance now, especially how we've seen Elizabeth Forward be. Um, South Allegheny, who I saw someone has their most, WPL Sportsman has their most 
disappointing team thus far this season. I would have to agree with that. Um, I would say they're second to me. I think Pine Richland's number one for me and everybody. Um, just, I, just disappointing. I, I don't know. If I don't disappoint. I think Casper would be zero and three. Like, oh, like I, I, think I, I don't like. I, I don't like. That's not even where I was going with this. I just think like they. I just don't think if it, I would have never guessed them to go start zero and three. Um, but back to South Moreland. Yeah, South Moreland. I think is definitely a favorite now. I wasn't on them. You were kind. You were pretty high on them. I forget what you had them finishing. I think fourth maybe in this conference. Um, but I'm high on them now, and I really like what I've seen from South Moreland. Um, they're 2-1 and one now. Tough loss to Rodney Gallagher and Laurel Highlands, which they're still undefeated, and they look really, really good. Um, they just happen to play in the uh, gauntlet that is the Big 8 with the three best teams, as we mentioned, in probably 4A in the whole state. Uh, but, uh, yeah, South Moreland... Um, I need to see a little bit more to maybe get on my like, yeah, hey, they can beat Central Valley and win a WPIO championship. Uh, but I definitely think they're a, a contender for sure, definitely to one, win this conference, and two, uh, maybe make a push for Heinz Field. But it's hard for me to pick anybody over Central, Central Valley right now. In your mind, do you see South Marlin Mount Pleasant as one and two here in the interstate? Whether yeah, those two yeah, teams. yeah, right now just because Elizabeth Forward, what they've done, uh, even though I will say this has been Elizabeth Forward conference for the last couple years, and they they still have to lose to a team in this conference, uh, but right now I would still say it's Southmoreland and Mount Pleasant's conference, but it's e, but EF is still right there, and don't forget South Allegheny's had a tough non-conference yeah. schedule, so yeah. like their zero and three start. Um, you know, it's they they haven't been in those games, but they've been playing some tough non-conference. I mean, St. Clairsville, Ohio is a great program in Ohio, and they've played other great opponents as well, including Sarah Catholic, who we just mentioned earlier. Um, but I would still say, yeah, Mount Pleasant's one, Southmoreland two. Yeah, and we're going to learn a lot about both South Allegheny and Southmoreland coming up this Friday. I mean, if South Allegheny goes into Southmoreland, into Alverton, and wins that game... That'll change my opinion exactly. on, a, on the whole conference outlook, not just exactly. those two teams. Yeah, but if the Scotties end up winning that game, and even in, in dominating fashion, you could see us being very high on them uh, in the in their next matchup. These next two weeks for Southmoreland are going to be very, very important for their playoff standings at the end of the year. All right, let's jump into the Tri-County South, some of the lesser games here. Um, Burgettstown going up to Avella. They win that game 57-8. We both had the over on the 28-point spread, the max spread for us. um, uh, Just three quick sentences about what you think about Avella this year because they don't look that impressive right now. They might be right there with Jefferson Morgan and 7-8 and eight in the conference. And that that hurts to say, but it, it might be true right now. Yeah, Vela was a one-year wonder. That was about it. They're really missing Tanner Terensky on the outside, and there's nothing else to it. And then maybe the game of the week in the Tri-County South, Bentworth on the road at at Commodore Stadium, winning 20-19. to 19. Um, I believe it was Caleb Peternell who was playing his – he didn't play in week in the first week for Bentworth. Uh, but getting the win against the Frazier Commodores, we both thought Frazier would roll Bentworth in this game. And uh, on the Frazier side, does Frazier maybe look like maybe they might be the worst team in the century now after this loss? Yes. 
It's tough. Yeah, it's, it's that's really tough. tough to it say. It hurts. It hurts to say. Like it, it is tough to say. But yeah, Frazier, especially what we've seen from Waynesburg, even though they got steamrolled against California, although I think California was playing with a chip on their shoulder due to some things on social media. But that's beside the point there. Um, but yeah, there's nothing else much to say. Yeah, I think Frazier is the worst team in this conference, and it's going to be tough for them to. Uh, find a win this season, especially in this conference. I think they're going to improve. Like they should compete in those games. I mean, Waynesburg did blow out Ben Orth. Like, they, I will. Like, I take I that. Know. I take that back. I, after what Charleroi, we'll talk about that yeah, later. I, mean, I think that I do. I, I I stand corrected. I got a little ahead of myself. I, and I agree with you. I think they are going to compete. I don't think Waynesburg's just going to run all over Frazier. They did run all over, run all over Benworth, but Benworth was missing maybe their best player. So. Correct. That's what I'm saying. So, um, you know, time will tell. We'll see. But um, tough season for Frazier so far, especially how they finished last year. You know, they'd have been a playoff team last year had it not been for um, COVID-19. So, um, it's 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 tough for this. It's tough for this team this year, especially with Braden Boggs back and healthy. And then the California Trojans marching into the Waynesburg Raiders Stadium and beating them down. It was 21-7 at halftime, and it was all Damani Stafford in the second half. Ended up winning 49-7. Um, with all out, with all of the drama off the field, uh, it wasn't a surprise to me that Damani Stafford came out and played really angry. Uh, and I think you saw that in the second half where he was just bulldozing Waynesburg defenders. Uh you know, what were your thoughts here from a blowout California win? Um, does this kind of solidify your stance that California is one and there's a big gap between everyone else? Yes. Um, California did what they had to do against a young, vulnerable Waynesburg team. They came out and dominated, and there's not much else to it. Um, Waynesburg talked a lot this week. Cal talked a lot this week. Cal backed it up. Waynesburg didn't. There's, that's all to it. And then Hunter Acid also in the passing game got a touchdown as well. Uh, I think he was definitely the better quarterback in this game, so that's interesting um, as far as the 1A-2A comparison. Uh, but, yeah, California, good win for them, good out-of-conference win um, and entering conference play. I don't think – I mean, you could you could ask that same question we just asked about Wash I. Uh, is, <laughs> like, is what – I guess Carmichael's beat Waynesburg, but could Waynesburg beat uh, that third team? Could, could Waynesburg beat West Green? I mean, that would be a very good game. I would like to see that game. Um, You know, I think West Green's turning the the corner right now on their season from what I've seen, so I think that would be a good game. Um, Well, Waynesburg would be a playoff team in Tri-County South. I think that would be easy to say. I don't think that they would have any trouble against the rest of the field. And then the team that – you know, Waynesburg, you know, competed with in the first half but then got the doors blown off on the second. Carmichael's at home – Losing to Fort Cherry, Fort Cherry, twenty-seven to twenty. You know, when we look back at that Carmichael Charleroi game, and Carmichael's just completely destroying Charleroi. Uh, in your mind, is that more of a Charleroi thing, or is that more of a Carmichael's thing? Because uh, Carmichael's didn't look super impressive against Fort Cherry, and maybe Fort Cherry is really that good this year. But I think we're both in agreement that Fort Cherry is really not that good this year. Yeah. Uh, so. Is this just kind of a stumble for the Mighty Mikes? Are we going to see them improve as the season goes along? Obviously, this game doesn't matter as much as far as being a non-conference game. Um, lessons to learn 
in that statement. So, what what are your opinions on Carmichael's after seeing this result? Uh, yeah, um, you know, Carmichael's is still one of the better teams in the Tri County South. Um, you know, I thought this team was really on a turnaround. You know, we saw they were competing with Waynesburg. Waynesburg, I didn't feel should be in that game, and neither did you. Um, we've obviously learned some things about Waynesburg since then, but. Um, then they go out and dominate Charleroi, and I thought that was a really great win because I thought Charleroi was a little better team. Now they are kind of got a reality check against Fort Cherry, who I'm not too high on. I know you're not as well, but we do know peers that are very hard on Fort Cherry for whatever reason. Um, so Carmichael's is just kind of like, eh, I, I don't know what to think of Carmichael's yet, to be honest. I think they're still a to-be-determined team, honestly. Yeah, last night when I was writing the script, I thought I was like, has Carmichael's played seven good quarters of football in three games and the rest hasn't been very good? Like, they showed probably one good quarter of football against Fort Cherry. They showed a half, again, a very good half against Waynesburg and then a whole game against Charleroi. And the rest hasn't really been there for Carmichael's. And, and when we say bad, like, it's been bad. Like, yeah, again, Waynesburg kind of had their way with them in the first half of that game, so... I mean, if Carmichael's is playing their best football against California, they're going to beat them. But if they're playing their worst football, they're going to get blown out. And I think that's going to be something to see. Because if, if they don't show up against a team like Bentworth for a whole game, they're going to lose that game probably. Uh, so, well, even like West like, Green, we exactly. were just saying how Waynesburg and West Green, I think, are right there with each other. Um, and we saw Waynesburg had them in the first half. They play like that a whole game against West Green. It's going to be a blowout. Yeah, so the tail of the tape for me as far as Carmichael's this season is going to be consistency. Um, if they're able to be consistent for a whole game, I think they're right up there. Which with is something the you don't. Which is something you don't see from Carmichael's. They're a very disciplined program, very disciplined group of kids, and that's one thing they're always disciplined and consistent. You know, they'll 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 they'll, they'll grind you down for four quarters. We haven't seen that from Carmichael's yet. And one game against Charleroi, who. Uh, looking back on it now, Carmichael's might have been able to win that game had they not played that well for four quarters. So, Yeah, time will tell with Carmichael's Mighty Mikes. Uh, let's jump into the last couple of games here in the Tri-County South. Jefferson Morgan on the road against Cornell. Um, the good news is that they scored points 52-8. to I mean, Cornell is not even that good of a team uh, when you're looking at 1A schools. I mean, they're probably not even a playoff team in 1A like uh so kind of disappointing result that they weren't able to score more. Like Cornell might be the worst team in the Big Seven, um, and I think Jefferson Morgan might be the worst team in in what we're seeing in the Tri County South. So uh, just a really disappointing result for Jefferson Morgan. Uh, Chargers Houston on the road going to Maple Town and really putting a beat down Lane Camden on the ground game just. Destroyed the Maple Town Maples. Maple Town actually led this game seven nothing uh, behind Landon Stevenson on the opening drive, but Chargers Houston responded, scoring forty four unanswered. Uh, did this move the pylons for you at all as far as where you're seeing Chargers Houston at the end of the year um, compared to? I mean, we thought Maple Town would at least compete in this game, and they did maybe for a couple drives. But uh, what what are your opinions now on Chargers Houston now that they're out of conference schedules out of the way and they got those two wins against your Fort Cherry and your Maple Town? Yeah, um, it doesn't necessarily move me move them anywhere for me. I mean, I think that's a game they should have won against Maple Maple Town, but it's good to see that them hold um, Landon Stevenson to what they did, um, really showing that they are a good defense. And um, 
who knows with how the things in the century are going, maybe they'll be that number two team. Maybe they'll be the one team if they can pull one off against Wash High. We'll have to see. I don't think Wash High has played a defense as good as them yet this year, so we'll have to see. Yeah, I kind of wish that game for Chargers season was at home, but it is going to be at I-79 Stadium, so that's going to be very difficult. But they do host McGuffey, so that's a game where we saw the McGuffey roll last year. It was a 55 nothing, like yeah. not even close, but I think that gap has definitely lessened this season. Uh, you know, I think we said we, we heard Ed Dalton say at the beginning of the year that he thinks this is his best McGuffey team. Um, I don't know where, like, McGuffey has a very tough non-conference schedule, but that's an interesting thing where I, I don't know what they're going to look like entering entering conference schedule, and we'll get to that here soon. Uh, Charleroi, the Battle of the Bridge, and Manessen ended up coming away with this victory 24-6. to um, Man, Manessen looks pretty good. I mean, that, granted, they play Charleroi, but is this a big step for them as a program where you're looking at Manesson entering conference play and now they have a chance and maybe a playoff spot. Uh, yeah, I mean, we know that fifth seed from the Tri-County South is going to be wide open between the rest of the pack. Um, yeah, that's a huge win for that program, though. I think that's the win they need, especially against their arch rival in Charleroi. I know there's a lot of bad blood there between those two programs. Um, and I think that's a huge win for um, a new head coach trying to revamp this program and get the kids to buy in and what a better way to get those kids to buy in than beating uh their cross the river rival in Charleroi. so great win for Manesson great win for that city uh yeah I'm, I'm happy for Manesson it's good to see them get the win yeah we mentioned at the beginning of the season how important it was for Manesson to even finish the season and I think this win really just solidifies them like we're gonna have the we're gonna have the numbers we're gonna put the team on the field and hey you know, we're going to go out and even compete. Because this at the beginning of the season, me and you both thought this would have been a blowout for Man- against Manesson in Charleroi's favor. So, I mean, the same could be said on the other side. Like, Charleroi, not the best start to the season. And we'll see uh, losing to both Carmichael's and Manesson. So, uh, we'll see how they transpire over the season, where whether they compete in a game against against Frazier. So, and, and end up, you know, even maybe competing for a playoff spot in the century. Uh, a team that also is competing for a playoff spot in the century, and they might actually get it. Best Center took. They actually had a home game against West Green. This game flip flop sites, but uh, West Green ended up winning this game 38 to 30. And I think this game was more in West Green's control throughout the game, and then Beth Center kind of came in and um, it, it scored a couple touchdowns that to make it look close. But um, your pioneers, man, they sure showed up in this game. Uh, what were your opinions? of Lane Allison at quarterback um, and where the Pioneers are heading into conference play in a big one against California. So late game adjustment right before Wes Whipke ended up getting the start for okay. West Green, so <laughs> we didn't have to see what the freshman could do. Uh, big shout-out I want to give to, I know this is my alma mater, I'll hype him up a little, Kevin Thompson nailing a 45-yard field goal to end the half on Beth Center's field, which Beth Center has one of the, I'll be nice, tougher fields to play on and kick on and for Thompson and a good friend of mine Riley Holsinger was at the game of course my dad and is on the coaching staff and I did get to see the film of it uh, Thompson would have nailed it from 55 
uh, from the right hash. Like, that was impressive. That's something you don't see in 1A, uh, let alone 2 and 3A, see a kicker like that. So. We did see Benworth have a pretty good kicker last Benworth year. Benworth did, but Benworth has a soccer program, so okay. that also <laughs> plays a factor into it. But um, great job from West Green. Corey Wise having the big game because um, Colin Brady being suspended in the first half. Um so, big game, Corey Wise, 217 yards rushing. That was the game we needed to see one of them have. Corey Wise had it. Um, very huge game. Nathan Ordoff getting a big touchdown in the late in the game as well, um, receiving. That's a big thing for him. We haven't seen him this year. We haven't seen much from Wise. And uh, to see them do what they did, that's, that's a huge win against a Beth Center team that was very close against California just a few weeks ago. Yeah, uh Big, I think this is a big win for West Green just from where they are in the mindset, right? Where they, they really struggled in the first two weeks, and now to turn the corner a little bit, entering conference play is a huge momentum boost for the Pioneers. Let's jump in the century. Just one game. I think most of the century teams actually play Tri-County South teams, and most of them lost, so kind of embarrassing there for the century. But uh, let's jump in now for McGuffey. I mean, a team that we were – very high on in the century, maybe competing with a wash eye. I know every, just about everyone beside us picked McGuffey to actually win the century over wash eye, and this is not the game. Because they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, like I mean, like, I, I, McGuffey has not shown a lot, albeit against a very, very difficult out-of-conference schedule. They have not shown a lot to prove to us that they're at the lead for the century. And this game against Stowe Rocks, Stowe Rocks a very good 2A team, maybe the best 2A team, but... Getting shut out on the road, 36-0. I mean, does the fact that this game was a shutout make you extremely worried about the Highlanders and that, you know, that patented triple option offense that is that ran up the score on so many 2A teams last season? Yeah, it really does because, like you just mentioned, that's the first time Sir Rocks has seen the triple option of McGuffey. And for McGuffey not to put a single point up on the board, I think says a lot about Stowe Rocks and their defense. And I think it also says a lot about, hey, McGuffey, I'm sorry, Ed Dalton. I don't think this is the best team you've had since you've been there. I think that was last year or the year before. So, um, yeah, a lot of things to work out. still think McGuffey is um, a playoff team in Century, but uh, I think your year was last year. Man, that Chargers-Houston game, again, on the road is definitely starting to loom large now, and that's only in a couple weeks. So if McGuffey doesn't – if they don't figure out something on offense against that tough Chargers-Houston defense, that that's start, starting to flip the script for me where Chargers-Houston might look look at that game and be like, man, this is our Super Bowl, right? This is for the second-best team right up there with Wash Eye. And then you start to even look ahead in years down the road where the Bucks start to think – Maybe we might be the best team in the century. So, I mean, Chargers Houston is a very, very important opponent for McGuffey, and if they keep struggling like they do, like they did against Sorox on offense, that's going to be tough because I think Chargers Houston's defense might be right up there with some of the best in 2A. All right, Brownsville hosting Laurel Highlands. Laurel Highlands rolling. I think there was 65 nothing at halftime. They ended up winning 65 nothing. Um, not a surprise for me. Laurel Highlands, they're getting a lot of hype regionally from your Mike Whites and what have you. Um, but this out-of-conference schedule was rather easy. easier. I mean, we say what you will about South Moreland. We just hyped them up for a couple minutes at the beginning of the show. But, I mean, you're a 4A team. You have one of the best athletes in the region. 
you should win that Contrary. game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, so you should win that game, right? Uh, so South Moreland, I'm not putting a whole lot of stock. I mean, they they that they should have beat Connellsville. Like, that's a game that Rohan should win. So the three and zero, but it's like it's like a very soft three and zero. Um, so we'll see how they compete against you know your conference play, but I think this is a this is an important win just because of the history between the two teams. Where Brownsville historically has had a very good record against Laurel Highlands, Brownsville historically has been a very good program. Not that way right now, but Laurel Highlands with a big win nonetheless. All right, Jeremiah, I picked it right, and I'm going to rub it in your face right now. West Mifflin at home beating Elizabeth Ford, and Elizabeth Ford, man. That offense is not. I'm too. Good. I was way too high on Elizabeth Forward. So kudos to you. You know I, more than me for once. So you think this is more of an Elizabeth Forward thing right yeah, now than yeah, it is a West Mifflin? Absolutely. I think West Mifflin. I think was a good good team. Oh yeah, together. I I agree. I just think that they like they like the same thing with Laurel Highlands. I think they're although that Laurel Highlands West Mifflin game now is kind of like hmm like I got a lot of eyes on that. Um, but yeah, I know. I think this says more about Elizabeth Forward and that. Um, which Elizabeth Forward has had a tough non-conference schedule, you could say, too. Ligonier Valley and West Mifflin, um, two teams out. You know, Ligonier Valley is a very good 2A school. West Mifflin's a historically good 4A program. Um, but, yeah, I think this says a lot more about Elizabeth Forward and, like, hey, like this offense has to figure something out. We know the defense is there. Yeah, but it's like, really just a tale of two teams, yeah. like Elizabeth Forward. Like, well, I mean, you thought bringing in Johnny DiNapoli was going to change things at quarterback and th- that maybe offense we'll start see, clicking? Maybe we'll like, see something switch nothing. up. I mean, Zion White, I don't think Zion's been playing bad at quarterback, but maybe we'll see him throw in Johnny DiNapoli to get something else going, see what you got. I, I mean, who knows? I mean, Elizabeth Forward, now's the time you got to figure that stuff out, though, getting into conference play. So well, I guess we'll see uh, for the Warriors. And West Mifflin is entering a week of preparation against a team like Bell Vernon. I mean, this is a big win for them nonetheless to to take that next step as a program. I mean, and now you're entering a week where Bell Vernon is entering a letdown look ahead spot where they got TJ on the rise and maybe they look start to look ahead and that that under is looming, right? But uh yeah, West Mifflin I think definitely has the athletes to compete with a lot of four A schools in the region, Bell Vernon included. So uh, so big win for them to take maybe take that step as a program. Uh, Mount Pleasant at home hosting the Greensburg Golden Greensburg Salem Golden Lions, a team that we don't know a lot about, and that's why we picked Mount Pleasant uh, as the winner in this game. But Greensburg Salem really rolled. Um, there are four A schools, so I'm not going to take a whole lot of stock in this win in this loss for Mount Pleasant. I still think they're right up there in the interstate. Uh, but I would have liked the offense to show a little bit better against Greensburg-Salem. And Greensburg-Salem is not Bell Vernon, right? They're, they're, they're probably a playoff team, but they're not, they're not in the top two of their, their, their uh, whatever, their, their division. So um, just what are your thoughts about Mount Pleasant? I mean, this is kind of a disappointing result entering conference play, but do you still think they're just going to be right one of those top teams? Yeah, I yeah, I still think they're top in this conference. I, I I'm not I don't want to hold this loss too much against them, but yet I am because Greensburg Salem's not a great four A pro school. I'm like they're kind of program. in the middle. Like, yeah, they're, they're kind of just like yeah, Laurel like Highlands. you said. Yeah. yeah. They're Laurel they're Highlands of, without Ryan Gallagher. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. And um I so like I'm kinda of hard, but like they're gonna see some three A schools that are a lot better than Greensburg Central excuse me, wrong Greensburg team. Greensburg Salem. 
Um, they're going to see a lot of three A schools that are better than them. Central Valley, I think Central Valley would win, or right be right there in four A with TJ and them easily. Um, so you know that's going to have to you know change. But um, I think I'm, I still have faith in Mount Pleasant, and I still think they're the as of what we've seen right now. I still I would say they're the best team in this conference. And Mount Pleasant is entering a week where they're not even entering conference play. They still got you go on the road to Greater Latrobe. I don't think that result is going to be very great for them just based on how they played against Greensburg-Salem. So, I mean, a, a little bit of a tough turnaround, right, where you opened up with Burl and Derry, two of the weaker 3A schools, and now oh, you're hitting yeah. it up with a middle-tier 4A team and then a lower-tier 5A team before getting into conference play. So not pro- not probably the place where the Vikings would want to be, but these would probably be losses anyway. So... You kind of got to take it with a grain of salt a little bit if you're a Vikings player where you just got to start focusing on your Southmoreland games, right? Your big rivalry statement games. So a little bit up in the air for the Vikings, but I'm still confident from where they are, and obviously that offense is going to score points. So, All right, South Allegheny at Ringgold. Uh, I picked Ringgold. This was a pick for us. You picked South Allegheny. Uh this game could have gone either way, honestly. Like, I'm not going to take a whole lot of stock in it because we think Ringgold is definitely going to be improved. Uh, but it's a little bit disappointing just from a South Allegheny standpoint where you wanted to win one of these out-of-conference games. So what was your opinion of this result? Uh, who do you think just takes this and runs with it as far as later down the line? No, I think Ringgold will just because of the success. I mean, Ringgold is 2-1 and one right now. Who would have thought that? Not me. <laughs> um, I think I'll take a little credit for Ringgold's success. I think they hear how much I bash them, and I think that's what they've been using for chalkboard material. No, Ringgold's came out. I'm very impressed. I mean, I thought they should have beat Yawk, and they did. I didn't pick them to beat South Allegheny. I thought South Allegheny would finally get their first one on the season, but here we are. Ringgold's 2-1, and one, very improved program. Good to see that program getting back in the win column um, more than just once uh, on the season. So, um, But South Allegheny's going to have to do something because, I mean, you had, I believe I, I know I had them second. I believe you had them second in this conference. Um, and they, last time I checked, uh, this conference pretty good. I mean, we just talked about how Elizabeth Ford needs to figure some things out. Um, Elizabeth Ford's still pretty solid. And South Northern Mount Pleasant, they're pretty good too. So South Allegheny, they need to uh, figure some stuff out. And don't forget South Park's in this conference too. And I can kind of forgive this loss a little bit because you're coming off of two blowout losses on the road to very good programs and programs that you're probably going to be outclassed against anyway. Um, so I, I'm not, I'm not that strong on this loss for South Allegheny as uh, probably some people are. But I think, I think, I think they're going to be. I mean, we'll see how they play against South Moreland, but I think they're still they're still pretty confident there as a program. Uh, Trinity taking the road against Yawk, 41-6 win for the Hillers. Not really a surprise for me. I think Trinity would have put up the points as it was, but it's still a very good showing for that defense. All right, and heading into 4A now, I mean, we talked about the Keysport Tigers and what their defense had to do to stand up against Armstrong and, you know, Caden Olsen, one of the top QBs in 4A. And uh, this game was, I think it was 14-6 to at halftime. Armstrong was leading, and then McKeesport comes out in the second half. And we've said it all last season, and we said it up until this week where we questioned McKeesport in key situations. Would they be able to score points? Would they, be, would they be able to get on the board? And in this week, they did against a playoff team in Armstrong. So where does this 
the wind propel you from the tiger standpoint as far as getting up there they're still trying to break that ceiling where Belvern and TJ are um, as far as a program what is your opinion of the Tigers after this one um, well they should, their defense is top notch um, withholding that good Armstrong offense which they're known for to just 14 points on the day um, like you said still not quite breaking the seal right now on that um, gap between them and TJ and Bell Vernon but um, looking better and better by week and also like a tough tough away game like this is a that's a drive first off like driving up close to Catanian right um, to take on the Armstrong Riverhawks and then winning there and the tough road environment in the second in a second half comeback like that's a that's a statement win that the McKeesport Tigers should be proud of now they're back home they're facing an out-of-state opponent this weekend they can probably kind of I'm not saying they can coast through it because it's still a tough out-of-state opponent but and, and and even if you don't win that game, it's still it, it you should it's still like you shouldn't take anything away from it. But um, the McKeesport Tigers should be right there, being confident after this out of conference um, season here. So, uh, just your final takeaways here from the Tigers. Go Tigers! Exactly. <laughs> uh, let's jump in and now. TJ at home hosting the South Fayette Lions, a five A team that's uh, right up there, probably in the top eight as far as where. 5A is, but uh, you know TJ kind of slammed the door on them, especially defensively. 27 nothing final score. What are your opinions of the Jaguars here now entering conference play? Yep, still got that great defense. Uh, Bill Chirpak's a legendary coach. Same thing I've said all last year. Same thing I've said this year. Um, TJ's still going to be right there, as they always will be, as long as Bill Chirpak is the head coach of the Jaguars. All right, and then our final two games here, uh, one of them was on Saturday, and we're, I'm sure we're going to have an extended discussion on that one where South Park is a, is a program. But before we get to that, Peters Township at home hosting the Mount Lebo Blue Devils who just ran it all over Peters Township. 31 nothing for the Blue Devils. You are right on the money as far as Mount Lebanon at 6A and where they are as a program. I'm not as despondent over Peters Township after this loss. I still think they're right up there in 5A, but this was just, there was a significant gap in skill between these two teams, and it wasn't really surprising with the result. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, one, Mount Lebanon, in my opinion, is the best team in 6A, um, at least on WPI. I'm not going to say they're better than St. Joe's, um, but I, they're my pick to win the WPI right now in 6A. Uh, but yeah, I don't take anything, I, I don't think that says anything for Peters Township. I think Peters Township's what they've shown right now. I still think they're going to be one of the best teams in 5A. Um, but yeah, they just got outclassed. There's nothing else to it. Yeah, I mean, and this is where the transitive property of football really applies itself heading into this Friday, where Peters Township blew out Cannon Mac and Mount Lebo blew out Peters Township. And now Cannon Mac is hosting Mount Lebo this weekend. So, uh, you know, that's going to be a very difficult matchup just coming right out of these two weeks where Cannon Mac has to host the Blue Devils on their own field um, and Mount Lebo. Two, you know, two away games where you can really be proud of and going into the 6A conference play, um, they're really strong. So, Not to mention a win against their arch rival Upper St. Clair as well in a, exactly. big, in a blowout fashion there. Yeah. All right, and then Saturday... I think this was on Saturday. It might have been on Friday night. They might have switched to Friday night. I think I remember seeing the score. But um, Zeton LaSalle at home winning 31-21. And I wouldn't – man, Zeton LaSalle is not that great of a 2A team. Like, I think they're right around the middle 
ish. Uh, but South Park, not a great loss. And I think this is really where South Park is going to take that step where maybe they're even competing with a yawk as far as that second to last spot in the interstate. I mean, what are your opinions now of the Eagles where they get blown out in a game that they probably had emotional investment in? And now they're losing a game to a 2A team that's not even probably going to make the playoffs. So what what are your opinions now of the Eagles entering conference play that these two losses really stick out like a sore thumb? Yeah, it's really tough for me to look at the Eagles now because they lost to the Golden Eagles a couple weeks ago in Keystone Oaks um, in a game that, like you said, I thought they should have been right in. I mean, you look at how that playoff game finished last year. Um, Adam Johnson's good, but he can't do it all himself. So I Harper Conroy's not that bad either. No, no, yeah, like, I know Conroy's holding his own either. But um, I don't know South Park. They're gonna have to find something out here when conference play open up. But I, I just think that they lost a lot of good linemen, and there's a big Nate May sized hole on both the defense and the offense, and that's going to affect small schools like South Park. So. I'm not really surprised that the step back is happening, but I'm kind of surprised that it's this large. All right, so let's get into the results here. I went into this game with a, I think it was like a one-game lead over you, and I extended it. 36-30, to I am in the lead over, and uh, Wes picked two games last week, and he got one right. So as it stands right now, Nathan's 36, Jeremiah 30, the results on the season, and our guests have one win. So let's take a break here. We'll be back at 5 o'clock to discuss part two and previewing this Friday's upcoming matchups, heading into conference play, getting into some of these nitty-gritty games that really have a big effect on playoff seedings, a big effect on results in conference. So something we're really excited to talk about. So um, jumping out of conference, into conference, this has been WCYJ. Jeremiah, you want to take the rest of it. Yeah, you're listening to WCYJFM, Waynesburg, Pennsylvania, 99.5 The Hive. We'll throw it back to the hitch real, real fast, and when we come back, we'll have our picks for this coming week. Week three already. Exactly. And WPIL High School Football. Actually, week four, but it's just a running joke. But, yeah, week three. We'll be right back. You're listening to WCYJFM, 99.5 The Hive, your home for everything Waynesburg. You've been listening to the Backyard PA Football Podcast with Nathan Grella and Jeremiah Miller. Contact us on Facebook, Twitter, or through email. Support us on Patreon. Check out some merch on Teespring. Thank you for listening. still here? It's over. Go home. Go.